While many of us pray, we don't know a lot about the way to pray effectively. Today, we'll be learning about dealing with doubts that prevent us from praying. This message is the first in the series, The Way to Pray. The message is entitled, Be a Doubt Buster, Part One. Here is Pastor Dale O'Shields. Well, grab your Bibles, your teaching sheets as we turn our attention to God's Word this morning. We're starting a new series of messages for the summer that I'm very excited about. We're going to be talking all summer long about the way to pray. How do you and I learn something about building a better prayer life? And particularly this weekend and next weekend, I want to talk about how do you deal with doubt? Because you can't really come to a place of learning how to pray without addressing something that oftentimes gets in the way of our prayers, and that's doubt. So I want to talk about how to be a doubt buster. How do you find freedom from doubt in your life? Now, the reality is almost everybody prays. In fact, I've never met, personally, I've never met a person that did not pray. There may be folks that say, you know what, I'm atheistic, I don't pray, and maybe you've met a person like that, but I have personally never met an individual that has not at least offered one prayer at some point in time in their life up to God. They may not know what they're doing, they may not even feel confident in what they're doing, but, but most everybody at some point in time prays. And part of praying is to pray effectively is to learn something about what the Bible says regarding prayer. How, we, how, how are we to pray? Because you cannot pray effectively until you believe in the power of prayer that it actually does make a difference and you come to an understanding of some kind of pattern. How do we pray the right way? How did Jesus teach us to pray? And then to actually get into the habit of doing it. And so you've got to believe in the power. You have to have a pattern. And you have to start practicing it on a consistent basis. And so for, oh, throughout the summer, that's what we're going to talk about. The power of prayer, a pattern so you'll know how to pray. And then getting you into the practice so that prayer becomes a part of the regular flow of your life. And you're seeing God work in your life and in your family as you pray. And as I said, to do this, the first thing you've got to do is deal with a really big enemy called doubt. And oftentimes we don't pray or we don't pray as effectively as we could because we're overwhelmed with or we deal with, we contend with this issue called doubt. Doubt is simply a lack of confidence. Doubt is uh, you're considering it unlikely that your prayers are going to be answered. You're uncertain. You're not really sure whether God is going to respond to you or not. So this weekend, let me share with you three things that will help you to become a doubt buster. How many of you'd like to be a doubt buster in your life? To break through some doubt so you can pray more effectively. So three things. The first thing that's necessary if you're going to break through doubt, you have to develop what I'm calling simple faith. Simple faith. What is the opposite of doubt? The opposite of doubt is faith. Faith is really what really offsets or overcomes doubt. And all too often when we think about faith, we have the tendency to think of faith as some huge thing, something that only highly spiritual people have. Oh, pastor, I don't have a whole lot of faith. That's for the, the people that are in full-time ministry. That's for folks like you, pastor. You're, you're the ones that are supposed to have all this great faith. I don't have big faith like you. That's how we oftentimes think. We make it something that is unattainable, unachievable in our lives. But what I want you to see is that to pray, you don't need big faith. You need simple faith, very simple faith. And faith is something, whether you realize it or not, you already have. You already have faith in your life. In fact, you demonstrated it a few moments ago when Jody came up and asked you to take a seat uh, to go through the announcements here and, and welcome everybody here today. You did something that demonstrated your faith. You sat down. 
And when you sat down, what you said is, I believe that this chair will hold me up by experience. I believe in the integrity of the chair that you sat in. And when you sat down, you demonstrated faith. You already have it. When you go to a restaurant, you demonstrate faith because they hand you a piece of paper with words on it. It's called a menu, and you say, I want that. And then you actually have the faith to sit there and wait for them. to. You actually believe they're going to bring to you what you said you wanted. And so you wait. Sometimes you wait way longer than you wanted to wait. Amen? Okay? For them to bring you your food. But you stay there in the restaurant. Why? Because you have faith. You believe that this is you made the request based upon a menu and you said, I want this. And you now believe that there's something. You can't see the chef back in the kitchen on most instances cooking away. But you believe that he or she's back there. You may not see your food coming, but you believe it's happening. Every time you go to a soft drink machine and you read on deposit X amount of money and this machine will give you a soda. When you put that, those coins in that machine, what are you demonstrating? You're demonstrating faith. See, we try to make faith this huge, big deal in our lives when in reality, faith is something you and I do every day. We could go through many more examples of how you and I live by, walk by faith. And so it's extremely important that we understand that faith is not a complex thing. Faith, according to the Bible, is a very simple thing. It is so simple that, in fact, children can demonstrate it oftentimes even better than we do as adults. Because faith is this. Faith is belief in the integrity of something based upon what the promise of that something or someone has offered to us. So there's the promise or the word of something or someone, and we believe in the integrity of it and the power and capacity of that person or thing to produce it. And so when we ask, we have confidence that something is going to transpire. Now, let me take you to the Bible and help you to see how simple faith really is. Hebrews chapter 11, verse number one. Let me ask you to read this with me, and let's all read aloud and together. Are you ready? Here we go. Faith is the confidence that what we hope for will actually happen. It gives us assurance about things we cannot see. Let's stop there for a moment and think about this. Faith is the confidence, circle that word, the confidence that what we hope for will actually happen. And so, when you sat down a moment ago, your faith was the confidence that what you hoped for, the chair is going to support me. I hope this chair is going to support me. So faith was the action you took based upon the confidence that what you hoped for was actually going to happen. It was going to happen. When you place that order at the, at the restaurant, faith is the confidence that what you hope for, that prime rib, that filet mignon, that whatever you fill out, whatever you ask for, whatever you hoped for, that, that, that faith says, I believe it is on the way. It is confidence that what you hoped for is actually going to happen. When you drop the coins in the machine, the soda machine, you're saying, I have a confidence that what I'm hope, hoping for, that ice cold coconut Coca-Cola is going to come out and I'm going to experience it. See, again, faith is not complex. Now, notice, if you will, Hebrews 11, verse 6. Let's read this one together. And it is impossible, come on, read with me, and it is impossible to please God without faith. Anyone who wants to come to Him must believe that God exists and that He rewards those who sincerely seek Him. Now, let's break this apart for a moment. The Bible says it's impossible to please God without faith. Let's, let's just think logically for a moment. 
If God says you have to have faith to please me, would God make faith so hard that none of us could ever achieve it so that none of us would ever please him? Of course not. That would be a cruel parent, wouldn't it? If I were to say to my children, I want you to do this to please me, but you don't have the ability to do it. But you've got to do it to please me. That, that, that's cruel. That's not a benevolent parent. That's not a caring, good parent, loving parent. And so we, we need to take that over to God because God is the perfect heavenly father. And so God would never say, you have to have faith to please me. And by the way, that's something you'll never get. You'll never have enough faith. You'll never be faith-filled enough. No, God tells us that without faith, it's impossible to please Him because we have faith. He's simply asking us to use what He's already given us. He goes on to say that anyone who comes to Him must believe that He exists, God exists, and that He rewards those who sincerely seek Him. So let's break it down to the most simple form of understanding. What is it that we have to believe? What is simple faith? Simple faith is this. I believe God is is, I believe God can, and I believe God will. Say those three phrases with me. I believe God is, I believe God can, and I believe God will. Now, notice all of these are important. If you don't believe God is, there's no reason to pray, right? If you have no confidence that God exists, there's no reason to pray. But you can believe that God is, but if you don't believe that God can, again, there's no reason to pray. Oh, God, you're there, but there's nothing you can do about my circumstance. There's nothing you can do about my situation. So why would you pray if you didn't believe that God could do something, right? So you have to believe that God is. You must believe that God can. But here's the third thing. You also, if to, to pray effectively, need to believe that God will. Because if you don't believe that God will work, he might have the ability, he may can work, can do things in your life. But faith says, I, I not only believe that God is and that God can, I believe that God will. And so when those three things start coming together in your life, when you start really coming to that place of saying these three simple things, not complex, but my prayer life is based on three things. I believe God is, I believe God can, and I believe God will. That's the foundation for my prayer life. I hope it will be for yours as well. Once again, I believe God is. I believe God can. I believe God will. Three very simple statements because our faith is a simple faith. It is not simplistic, but it is simple. Second point, you want to break through doubt in your life? Never let your doubts keep you from praying. So develop a simple faith, but never let your doubts, never, ever, ever let your doubts keep you from praying. Because I'll give you a moment to write it down, but then look up this way. I want to help you to see this. The reality is there are times that we find ourselves struggling to fully believe all three of those things I just said. God is, God can, God will. There are times that little doubts come into our mind. God, are you really up there? Oh, don't tell me you haven't thought that before, okay? God, are you really up there? Or God, can you really do anything about this situation? It's called D-O-U-B-T, doubt. God, will you do? There are times in all of our life there that, that we face a struggle with, God, are you there? God, can you do anything? And God, will you do anything? And so if we had to have perfect faith all the time, and total faith, never having any doubt, there would be very few times that we would pray, would 
But the Bible helps us to understand that we don't have to have perfect faith to reach God. The Bible gives us room to struggle with, at times, doubts that will come our way. Why? Because we face an enemy. As long as the devil is around, there will be doubts. Because he's going to assail your life. He's going to attack you. That's why the Bible says you need a shield of faith wherewith you can quench all the fiery darts of the adversary. And so you got to have something in protection because I assure you the fiery darts of Satan will try to make you wonder, God, are you up there? And God, can you do anything about this? And God, will you? And so here's what I want to help you with today. You don't have to have perfect faith all the time. Simple faith, yes, but it doesn't have to be perfect all the time. Isn't that good to know? Let me take you to a story in the Bible. I want to show you a guy that did not have perfect faith, but he still had his prayers answered. It's found in Mark chapter 9, beginning in verse 14. A great story. Let me set the setting for you. Jesus and three of his disciples had gone up on the Mount of Transfiguration, as it's referred to in Scripture. It was a place where Jesus was transformed before Peter, James, and John, and they saw him in his amazing glory. And then Jesus, along with Peter, James, and John, come back down the mountain where they had been, and the other nine disciples had been at the foot of the mountain waiting for them to return. And that's where the story picks up in verse number 14, Mark chapter 9. When they, that's Peter, James, and John, along with Jesus, when they came to the other disciples, the other nine there, they saw a large crowd around them and the teachers of the law arguing with them. As soon as all the people saw Jesus, they were overwhelmed with wonder and ran to greet him. What are you arguing, arguing with them about, he asked. A man in the crowd answered, Teacher, I brought you my son who is possessed by a spirit that has robbed him of speech. Whenever it seizes him, it throws him to the ground. He foams at the mouth, gnashes his teeth, and becomes rigid. I asked, I prayed, I asked your disciples to drive out the spirit, but they could not. Let me stop here and notice what's going on. Here's a guy that has a, a child, a son, that has a horrible problem. It seems to be something that is oriented. It is, in fact, uh, uh, or the origins of the problem are, are demon, demonic. And so they bring, this man brings his, his son to Jesus. And he, first of all, finds that Jesus is not there when he arrives. So he asks the disciples, he prays, if you will, he asks them to intervene because they represent Jesus. And the disciples try to cast the demon out of this boy, but nothing happens. There's no response, okay? Now here's Jesus' reply to them, verse 19. You unbelieving generation, Jesus replied, how long shall I stay with you? How long shall I put up with you? Bring the boy to me. So they brought him. When the spirit saw Jesus, that's the evil spirit, it immediately threw the boy into a convulsion. He fell to the ground and rolled around, foaming at the mouth. Jesus asked the boy's father, how long has he been like this? From childhood, he answered. It has often thrown him into the fire or water to kill him. But, would you read the rest with me? But, oh, time out, but. What's the next word? What's the word there? Circle that word, but. If, if you, if you can, if you can do anything, take pity on us and help us. I'll come back to that in a moment. If you can, Jesus said, everything is possible for one who believes. Immediately the boy's father exclaimed, I do believe, help me overcome my Unbelief. Now, are you, are you seeing what's going on? Here's a guy that has a really big problem with his son. 
And he's trying to get an answer. He's praying. He's coming to Jesus with his problem. And while he's coming with a level of faith, he's also struggling with what else? Doubt. If you can. If you can do this. Jesus said, well, what do you mean if I can? Everything is possible to those that believe. And the man was wise enough to pray this prayer. Lord, I believe, but help me because I'm still struggling with some doubt. Aren't you glad that's in the Bible? I'm glad God understands us as human beings, aren't you? That God, that Jesus didn't say, well, come back when you get your faith together. Come back when you understand I can and I will do this. Now get out of here, you're bothering me. See, that's the image we often have of Jesus, isn't it? But Jesus said, no, no. What do you mean if I can? All things are possible to those that believe. And the man said, Jesus, I believe. Help me. Because I'm still struggling with some doubts. Now let's see what happens here in the story, all right? Verse 24. Or excuse me, verse 25. When Jesus saw that a crowd was running to the scene, he rebuked the impure spirit. You deaf and mute spirit, he said, I command you, come out of him and never enter him again. The spirit shrieked, convulsed him violently and came out. The boy looked so much like a corpse that many said he's dead, but Jesus took him by the hand and lifted him to his feet and he stood up. Here's what I want you to see. This man got an answer to his prayer even though he didn't have perfect faith. Isn't that great to know? Can I help take some of the burden off of some of you? Some of you maybe, maybe you've had teaching in your life that you can't get answers from God until your faith is perfect. You know what? Here's the Greek word for that, baloney, okay? <laughs> no. God understands. Now, should we grow our faith? Absolutely. The Bible says that as we grow and mature in Christ, our faith ought to be growing. We should have ever-increasing faith. Your faith ought to be stronger today than it was last year. You ought to be in a process of growing your faith. I'm not diminishing the importance of you growing your faith. What I am telling you is this. Your faith doesn't have to be perfect to get an answer from God. This man, what if he had waited until his faith was perfect, we would not have the record of this miracle in the Bible. Here's our third point. Actually, let me ask you to write down on your notes, God is bigger than your doubts. Aren't you glad about that? Amen? God's bigger than your doubts. So what do you do? You use the faith you have, and God will help you get where you need to be. This man just used the faith he had. He said, I believe. Help me overcome my unbelief. He used what he had, and God helped him to get where he needed to be. Here's our third point. Understand how God answers prayer. This is how you overcome doubt. Simple faith, develop it. Number two, never let your doubts keep you from praying. And then number three, understand how God answers prayer. This will help you to pray away doubt. How does God answer prayer? God answers prayer, folks, in in different ways. Extremely important to understand this. Just because God doesn't do something that we ask him to do, that he doesn't respond to our beck and call always, doesn't mean that God doesn't answer prayer. In fact, there have been some prayers that I have prayed that in retrospect, I am really glad God didn't answer them. How about you? I mean, I've stormed heaven for things at times that I look back now and say, God, thank you so much for not answering that prayer because what you had for me was much better than what I was even asking for. 
Oh, it was different than what I was asking for, but it was much better than what I asked for. And so we have to begin to understand that God is much wiser than we are. I'm going to talk more about this next week, the wisdom of God. God is much wiser than we are. And so we, we get to this place of realizing that God loves us. God's wiser than we are. And so God gets to choose how he answers our prayer. He answers, but he answers in different ways. Let me share with you three ways that God answers prayer. God answers your prayer in one of three ways. Sometimes he answers with a yes. Yes, I'll do that for you. Sometimes he answers with a no. And sometimes he answers with a wait. When you pray, you say, you know what? God, I'm asking you to do this in my life. I'm praying about this circumstance. God has, has three options that he often will, work, will, will answer with. Yes, no, and wait. Sometimes when you ask, God says, yes, that, that's in line with my will. I want to do that for you. Now, I'm glad you asked because I want to do that for you. Yes, yes, yes. And God answers prayer. God's, God is a yes God. Aren't you glad that you can go to him with a confidence and know that many of the prayers you're going to pray, God's going to say, yes, I want to do that in your life. And so you need to pray with a confidence that God is a yes God. See, a lot of us have a mindset that God's only a no God. No, 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 because that's all you ever heard at home was no, 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 no. And so you figure that God's about the same way. So you go to him, you figure it's going to be no, 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 no. Let me help you understand something. God only says no when something's not good for you, okay? But God is oriented towards saying yes. God is a yes God. He wants to do things for you and me. That's why he asks us to come. And so I would say the preponderance of times when you go to God, God has a yes answer for you. But there are also times that God will say no. And when he says no, you and I need to celebrate as vociferously as we do when he says yes. You know, when God says yes, we have testimony night. Praise God. Let me tell you what God did. When God says no, we don't want to talk to anybody about it, right? <laughs> you know, a no is a good thing. This last week, we had our two granddaughters with us from Tulsa. They spent the week with my wife and I, and one is five and the other is four. And, uh, man, I had a lot of requests coming my way this week. Goodness gracious. Papa, can I have? Papa, can I? Papa, will you? I mean, over and over and over again. And I said yes to way more than I should have ever said yes to, okay? okay? Because I'm a granddaddy. Granddaddies can do that, okay? But finally, I just, I realized there were a few things I need to say no to. And so I said no. You know why? Because I didn't want them to have a relationship with me based upon what they could get from me. Are you with me? Okay. I love my granddaughters, and I want them to be able to come and ask me for stuff. And I want them to always feel that they have that approach and confidence. They can come and ask me. But I don't want a relationship with them on the basis of the fact that I'm the guy that gives them ice cream, okay? I want them to, I want, them to want my wisdom. I want them to want my, my fellowship. I want them to want more than what I can give them, right? Okay? And sometimes God will say no to you because the yes is just giving you stuff, Okay? But God says, no, 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 I don't, I, just time, let's, let's relate here a little bit. Let's get closer to one another. Let's hang out together. Let me help you to learn a little bit more about my nature. And so I'm going to say no, because in saying no, you're going to learn more about me from the no than you would ever learn from the yes. And so when God says no, celebrate the no. No's are good. When you say to your child, 
that's running out into the middle of the highway. No, don't do that. Is that good? Should the child come back and hug you and say, thank you, mommy or daddy, for protecting me? Of course they should. They often don't. But we're the same way with God. And so God will say yes, God will say no, and then sometimes God says, oh, we don't like that one, do we? No, we really don't like that one. Because the wait is, yeah, it's coming, but it's not yet. And our next question is, when? And we live our life in the when. How many of you, don't raise your hand, are living in a when right now, okay? Not a when, a when. There's a difference, there's an H in there, okay? When God, when God, when God, when God, when God. And what happens is, in the waiting period and you're focused on the when, you don't experience what He wants you to experience in the now so that you'll be ready when the when comes. And so God says, the whole reason I have you where you are is because I'm doing some stuff. Yes, I am going to do this in your life. The answer is yes, but not right now. Not right now in this moment. There's some scripture passages that I could take you to in the, in the lesson there today. I'm not going to, but they illustrate the whole fact of how God says yes and how God says no and how God says wait. Even in the coming of Jesus, uh, for centuries, people were praying for the coming of Jesus, the Messiah, but God answered when the time was right. There was a when moment. He, he answered in the proper time at the set time, the Bible says, when the set time had come. Would you listen to me today? God's got a set time for your life. You know what a set time is? It's like your alarm clock. You set the time for when, you, when that, uh, clock, that alarm is going to go off. God has a set time for us in terms of the promises of God in our life. And what you have to do is just, hey, enjoy it until you get there, okay? A lot of you are like waking up every three minutes to see if the alarm's gone off, okay? Spiritually speaking. No, look, God's got the alarm set. He's got it set. He knows the set time. Now, you just relax you just do what you need to do until those set times come. All right, got it? So what do we do? What have we learned today? We learned three things. What's the first thing? Develop what kind of faith? Faith is not complex. It is simple. The second thing we've learned today is never let your doubts keep you from... Are you going to have doubts? Absolutely. As long as there's a devil, there'll be doubts. But never, ever let your doubts keep you from praying. Pray like the man. I believe. Help me overcome my unbelief. And then the third thing, understand how God answers prayer. How does God answer prayer? He says, and, and wait. Let's bow our heads together right now in prayer. Father, thank you for your word this morning. Thank you for speaking to our hearts. We ask you to settle this word in us as we're beginning a summer together, talking about prayer, learning how to pray. And Lord, I pray that it would be, Lord, truly more than just a message series. I pray it would be a, a discipling time in our life, that we will grow in you, that our life will be stronger spiritually because we've gone through this series together. And I thank you for what you're going to do in our lives through it in Jesus' name. Hi, I'm Pastor Dale O'Shields. I want to thank you for listening to our broadcast of Practical Living. I trust it was a blessing to you, and I trust that you're growing in your spiritual journey. Or perhaps you've never even started your spiritual journey. And today, this is your opportunity to make a decision to move forward, getting to know Jesus Christ, letting Him have control of your life. See, the Bible says of Jesus that He stands at the door and knocks. And if anyone will hear His voice, you can open that door and let Him in. And if you've never invited Jesus Christ into your life, today is the day that you need to do it. In fact, I'm going to lead you in a prayer right now. If you'll pray this prayer sincerely with all your heart, mean it with all your heart, Jesus Christ will come into your life. Repeat this prayer after me. 
say these words. Say, Jesus, I know that I am a sinner and I'm sorry for all the things I've done wrong in my life. I believe in you. I believe you are God's son, the savior of the world, that you died for me and rose again. Just simply tell Jesus, I believe in you. Now open up your heart and say, Jesus, come into my life. By faith, I receive you as my Savior, my Lord, in Jesus' name. Now, if you prayed that prayer with me just then, sincerely, I want you to know something. Jesus heard it, and he saved you. You're a new creation in Christ. You get a brand new start in your journey with God. But now you have to grow. You have to learn what it means to be a follower of Jesus every day. And so we want to help you get started. And we have some resources available on our website that will do so called New Beginnings. So check them out. And again, I want to thank you for being a part of today's broadcast. If you've prayed with a pastor today and made a decision to follow Jesus Christ, we have some resources for you on our website. Just go to www.church-redeemer.org slash newbeginnings.